Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
happy Tuesday. This is Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was fun. I hope it went accordingly. Uh, there has been so much going on in the news. Uh, we have a huge show tonight. So many guests coming on. Uh, perhaps one of our biggest shows ever, which I'm very excited to uh, share with all of you. We had amazing shows last week. First and foremost, I want to thank the audience. You guys are unbelievable. We are now downloadable and listened to, and, and we are on over 50 online platforms where you can find our show. I want to thank our unbelievable special guests, uh, my amazing co-hosts, and uh, the fantastic sponsors that we have. It's, uh, without, without you guys, I could not, could not be doing this. All of you, everybody I just listed. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a great ride so far, and I'm so excited to, to continue it. Um, as usual, though, uh, if you want to catch some of our past interviews and our updated articles and breaking news 24-7, you can visit our new site. Uh, we, just, we just launched it recently. It's thenexgenusa.com. Again, that's thenexgenusa.com. Um, wow, wow, wow. Where do I start, though? Uh, tonight giant show, radical Islam expert, foreign policy analysis, political strategist, uh, activist, director of Jihad Watch, and best-selling author Robert Spencer will be joining us tonight. We have nationally syndicated, nationally syndicated radio show host, successful businessman, public speaker, political strategist, consultant, and activist Bill Martinez will be joining us tonight. We have ISIS escapee, radical Islam expert, activist, and best-selling author IQ Al Razuli will be joining us this evening. We have on the phone right now, we have doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and Arizona's um, a candidate for superintendent of public instruction in 2018 and a commissioner of parks and recreation for Maricopa County here in Arizona, Dr. Robert Branch. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show tonight, Rory. Absolutely. We'll also be having on um, activist, political strategist, public speaker, lobbyist, and founder of Frontline America, Ben, Burko ben Burkwam will be calling in. We also have economist, entrepreneur, speaker, writer for Town Hall, writer for Newsmax, Livezet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler will be calling in. Uh, I believe we have on the line right now, though, lobbyist, activist, and political strategist, my co-host, Josh Halavate. How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. Can't wait to get into the show. Good stuff. Yeah, so, so this is what we're going to do. Let, let's start off with, um, you know, this whole situation with Jesse Smollett. Uh, it, it's absolutely uh, disgusting and disgraceful, you know, that he made this situation up in this story. I mean, I called it out on my show weeks ago that I knew he was lying. I mean, I, I did not believe this guy whatsoever. I mean, a ski mask, minus 20-degree weather, bleach, uh, shorts, uh, two white people in the hood of Chicago at 2 a.m. at a subway? Come on. Come on, dude. Like, I mean, this guy, at least he would have had to have come up with a – he should have came up with a better story. I mean, it's just so not believable. And, you know, now he's refusing to talk to the cops again. Uh, you know, he's going through, through a crisis center because he's losing, he's going, he's claiming he's having all this mental health from the backlash. I mean, he brought it on himself. I mean, he created, you know, this sort of 
you know, this, this scenario. I mean, there's nobody to blame but himself. And, you know, imagine if this was a Republican that did this sort of act. I mean, we would be crucified. But since it's a gay black guy, you know, the media, the liberal media has yet to really, uh, you know, give an apology for uh, believing him right away. I mean, they're, they're pretty much, uh, some of them are trying to stick on his side, which is, I can't fathom it. I mean, this is, this is terrible because what about all the innocent people that um, do get attacked and they never get their uh, suspects caught? You know, this shouldn't make anybody pissed off that's been in, in a situation, um, you, you know, where, where they were, you know, hurt and, and nobody did anything about it. And uh, we have a guy right here where so many people believed him and gave him the benefit of the doubt. But look what he did. He spit back in America's face and, you know, the easiest, easiest blame game. Blame Trump. Blame Trump for all your problems. And, you know, it, it's just, he's, you know, it's crazy. It really blows my mind. I do want to uh, play this clip uh, from um, Ben Shapiro. I mean, he puts this into perspective perfectly. But you guys, I mean, we knew that the liberal media was going to jump all over this, you know, from day one. I still have yet to uh, fully um, believe. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that um, the media is innocent in this situation. I mean, I have theories and I have thoughts that the media in some ways is behind this. They, or, they help the Democrats orchestrate this. Because if you look at the mainstream media, 97% of the mainstream media is controlled by Democrats. And you have, it, it's political season, so poli- political season is, is, right, is right around the corner, it's here, and this is what the Democrats are known for. They pull these publicity stunts, and they pull this crap to make Republicans and Trump supporters look bad. I mean, it's, the, it's one of the oldest things in the book. They've been doing this for years. Let's play this clip, and then I want everybody's thoughts. This crime on attack on a Jewish man in Brooklyn, New York, occurring within 24 hours. The crime was captured on surveillance video with minimal coverage, but why the discrepancy? Joining me with that take and the impact that the case is having on politics is Ben Shapiro, editor-in-chief of DailyWire.com. He's also a syndicated columnist, host of The Ben Shapiro Show, author of the upcoming book. I mean, we could go on, but we want to get your take on this, Ben, because you wrote about this yesterday. And it was pretty stark when you look at the differences. Absolutely. I mean, one of these assaults was caught on tape. The other turns out to have been a complete hoax. The amount of attention paid to the assault on the Jewish man in New York was nil. The media legitimately did not cover it. The amount of attention on Jesse Smollett, of course, was enormous. And that's because there was a narrative to be promoted. Jonathan Capehart of The Washington Post nearly admitted this on MSNBC. He essentially said that a lot of people bought into the Jesse Smollett narrative, which is that Trump supporters are stalking black people all around America, seeking to beat them, seeking to harass them. And, and this was a perfect story. Now, when a story is too perfect to be true, it usually is. And this was one of those cases. But the real question is why hate crimes in New York, which have been up dramatically this year, largely targeted. Yeah, we have New York some numbers on that. I could just show um, in New York uh, in 2018, you see steady attacks at 186 last year. And then, you know, that's not just New York, Ben, as you know. Um, Across the nation, um, 938 in 2017 alone. That seems to me uh, like that's a, a national emergency. Well, I mean, certainly, if you're going to look at the group most targeted in hate crimes across the United States by on a per capita basis, Jews are twice as likely to be targeted as African Americans. Uh, they are twice as likely to be targeted as gay Americans. Uh, the, the the idea that that the real threat when it comes to hate crimes is largely directed against blacks or against gay folks in the United States. 
But then every hate crime is obviously awful and evil. But it's amazing that the media ignore one form of hate crime. And the reason is the New York Times admitted this. They said, yeah, we've had a state of hate crimes against Jews in New York City. We don't cover it because it doesn't fit our ideological narrative. The people who are doing these assaults are not white supremacists. They they are not one of the the hate crimes in New York City has been linked to white supremacy. And so we basically just ignore it because it doesn't fit the narrative that we want to tell. And beyond that, the idea of Jews as victims in the United States is on its face baldly absurd because Jews are such disproportionate winners in the American system. I mean, Jews are are disproportionately well-educated, disproportionately wealthy. And so if we were to look at hate crimes and say, okay, well, we're going to judge by hate crimes which groups are most victimized, then it doesn't make any sense because Jews are not actually supremely victimized in the United States. So in order to maintain the idea that America is a racist, sexist, bigoted, and homophobic place, what you actually have to do is ignore hate crimes against the group most likely to be targeted and instead focus on hate crimes against groups less likely to be targeted in order to maintain the narrative. How did this play in 2020? I want to take you to uh, a, a tweet from um, Kamala Harris. She's the senator from the state where you are from, California. She's a 2020 candidate. On January 29th, she tweeted, this was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Yesterday, uh, she was asked this. Watch this. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about, obviously, the initial um, allegation that he made about what might have happened, and it's something we should all take seriously whenever anyone um, alleges that kind of behavior, but there should be an investigation, and I think that um, once the investigation is concluded, then we can all comment. It's interesting to me, Ben, because she's a former prosecutor, and she was, was there in California, and, and she surely came across cases like this where you had to have a little bit of skepticism while also having some care and compassion for the victim that is claiming they've been attacked. Absolutely. I do love the idea that the facts are now unfolding. So when the, when this first broke, and there were serious questions to be asked about the account, which was on its face rather absurd, and she was immediately jumping to this is a modern-day lynching now, the day that it all falls apart, suddenly we have to wait for the facts to unfold. Well, that tells you the narrative that Kamala Harris and so many on the left want to promote, which is that the Jesse Smollett story is happening, the actual story is happening all over the United States. Cory Booker said something very similar. And so if this thing falls apart, then we just sort of pretend that it never was an issue in the first place, and then we look for other instances to prove that America is a terrible place and that Trump supporters are really, really awful people. I do love Kamala Harris basically running away from her own tweet there. I mean, it's very funny when she's asked by a reporter not to yeah, don a rainbow sequence jacket. Sure, like... So, I mean, there, there you have it, guys. I mean, literally, the, the left narrative, I mean, they're, they're using this all for politics. I mean, it's not about, you know, I mean, they're even hesitant to go back on, uh, you know, the ju- what they said about Jesse Smollett, because I think they're embarrassed that they're wrong. I think that, you know, it's like they, they can't take responsibility. I mean, some of them have still have yet to uh, call out Jesse. I mean, it's, it's so, so much politics. Josh, what are your thoughts? And then I got to introduce our, our special guest. I'm going to get Josh and then um, Dr. Branch, and then I'm going to introduce our special guest. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I'll be brief. I mean, here's the deal. I'm just going to focus on Cory Brooker in this situation. He posted on, on Twitter the day uh, after this happened. I'll, I'll give you a quote. The vicious attack on actor Jesse Smollett was an att- attempted modern-day lynching, and I'm glad he's safe. And then he talked about an anti-lynching bill that's in Congress right now. Then, so he already had made his – he already had seen all the evidence and made his, his – this fit his narrative, and he ran with it. Then he got asked about it on Sunday, and he told reporters that he was going to withhold judgment on the matter until, quote, 
until all the information actually comes out from on-record sources. Well, that's a little weird because he didn't wait for that before. I mean, listen, and right. all the Democrats and the news media did all the same thing. Yeah. They came out, they made a quick judgment because it fit their narrative perfectly. And then all of a sudden when some reality comes out, they either aren't talking about it or they're like, yeah. well, let's wait and find out about, you know, the, 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 let's wait until we get all the information before. Well, you already made your judgment. It doesn't matter. Now you can just act like it either didn't happen or like mm-hmm. Cory Brooker um, said later on, we're just going to, you know, this does happen. So, you know, we're going to act mm-hmm. like it kind of did happen to address a situation that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, very well said. Dr. Branch, and then I'm going to introduce our special guest. Oh, no, I, I think he's absolutely correct. First of all, you, you did point this out a couple of weeks ago when this broke. Um, and uh, Rory, and, you know, my hat's off to you. Uh, and if we look in 2016, Tarjay Henson, the actress that plays Cookie on uh, Empire, basically said the same thing about her son in Glendale, California, that he was uh, racially profiled by the police. Uh, but yeah. when those tapes were released, it did not happen. Uh, right. This fits into the narrative. We're going into an election cycle. You've seen Kamala yep. Harris today do the exact same thing Booker did, say, well, yep. we have to see what's, you know, we have to see all the evidence first. It, it's just yep. outrageous. It plays into the narrative. And, again, yep. the narrative is, you know, anti-Donald Trump, in their opinion, yep. This whole thing about mega hats uh, is it's yes. just outrageous. It's just outrageous. It is 100%. We're going to go to a 30-second commercial, and we'll be right back with our special guest. Stay tuned, everybody. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. All righty, we are back. Uh, uh, we got two very famous people on the line, uh, radical Islam expert, foreign policy analysis, political, strat- political strategist, activist, director of Jihad Watch, and best-selling author, Robert Spencer. How are you, my friend? Just great. How are you doing? Doing well. It's great Can to you have you back. Yeah, yeah, really good to have you back. Thanks for coming back. You're a great friend of the show. Um, tell us what's going on. What, what's, uh, what's new lately? What is new lately? What a very interesting question for you to ask me. Well, I suppose uh, one of the most important things that right off the top of my head is a story that is not going to get any notice in uh, the establishment media, but it's very important in its implications. And it was the head of the Swedish Swimming Federation, a woman named Ulla Gustafsson, and she said that the hijab, the headscarf that Muslim women wear, was a symbol of repression, and she was forced to resign for saying that. And uh, I think this is part of this totalitarianism that's sweeping all over the West. You cannot say anything critical about Islam 
or you will yeah. suffer personal and professional ruin. And Ulla Gustafsson right. saying this perfectly reasonable and obvious yeah. thing that uh, the hijab is a symbol of repression of Muslim women. Many women have been brutalized and even killed for refusing to wear it, and she's fired from her position. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. I, w- I want to say something about that, um, and, I, and I am going to come right back literally in two seconds. But I want to introduce as well national syndicated radio show host, successful businessman, businessman, public speaker, political strategist, consultant, and activist, Bill Martinez. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good, Rory. Good to be talking to you again, buddy. Thanks, thanks for being on, buddy. Um, you got Robert Spencer, going back to you, though. Uh, you know, it's absolutely mind-blowing how the narrative from the left is religion of peace is with Islam. You know, uh, they, they, in reality, uh, I, I strongly think they're the most protected religion from the left. You know, the left uh, gives them special treatment that they don't give other religions. And uh, let's face it, Islam is responsible uh, for most of the, the chaos um, you know, for, for, for what in this country, I mean, for a lot of it, I mean, in uh, more than other religions, that's for sure. You don't, you don't see Christians going around. You don't see Jewish people going around, you know, making these sort of messes. And, you know, it, it's the, the fact that, you know, not enough of these people are called out uh, drives me nuts. Um, and, you know, they can basically Muslims uh, in a lot of places can treat you, can treat people however they want. But if you, if you respond, if you retaliate, Everybody loses their their mind. It, it's it's cra- yep. it, it, it's crazy. And and look at you know there was a new article out um, a couple days ago, and I, I want to know if you can speak on this. It's uh, a picture of an ISIS soldier uh, on top of the buildings in downtown Los Angeles. Basically, it's almost like they were sending a warning. ISIS. Uh, it, it, the, the picture was they were staring at a building uh, blowing up. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I'm not sure. There are a lot of those, so I'm not sure which one in particular you're talking about. It was in it was the the downtown LA one. It, it um, okay. They're basically putting a picture of downtown LA blowing up while they're watching from skyscrapers across the way. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but that's kind of consistent with the sort of threats that they put out frequently. Uh, most of them don't ever amount to anything, uh, at least not yet, and we can hope they never will. At the same time, what they're trying to do is fulfill a command that's in the Quran, strike terror in the hearts of the enemies of Allah. Uh, that's chapter 8, verse 60. And even the threat itself, it scares people, and so they feel like that in itself is mission accomplished. And you, you believe, you know, when they do something, when they put something out there, they're not – uh, just talking. If they say they're going to do something, haven't you said they usually do it? Well, no. They, what they do is they they claim that they are involved with something. They don't usually. They don't ever. Uh, they have never done that, and it turns out that they were not involved. There are some where it's inconclusive, like Las Vegas, the uh, the attack in the casino hotel. But generally, every time that they say they were involved in something, they really were. But they have said many times that they were going to do things that they didn't end up doing. They do that a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it, you know it's it's insane. Um, I wanna I wanna go to Josh. Josh, go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, could you go into a little, maybe a little bit more detail on why it is that anti-Semitism towards Jews is perfectly, maybe not perfectly acceptable, but perfectly ignorable on the left right now, especially with the insurgent of these two uh, Muslim congresswomen. You know, how? Ex- explain to me that or go into some detail on, on that. Well, it all really, uh, for, for the left, it all started with Israel and the Palestinian propaganda. Uh, the Palestinians themselves are an invented nationality. The whole thing is propaganda to begin with uh, because uh, there's never been a state of Palestine, a kingdom of Palestine, a country, Palestine. Uh, they have no distinct culture, religion, ethnicity, language, anything that is different from the Syrian Arabs, the Jordanian Arabs. Uh, The Palestinians were invented in the 1960s in order to have a propaganda point against Israel. The the Arabs were uh, uh, 22 huge states menacing tiny Israel, and they turned that around by making this even smaller people that was menaced by the Israelis. Then, after that, started to manufacture grievance propaganda, and we see this over and over. Even the UN, which is venomously anti-Israel, has condemned Hamas, the uh, terror group uh, that is fighting against Israel, for using human shields and for staging terror attacks in civilian areas. But they do that in order to draw retaliatory fire that they can then use for propaganda purposes. And what they've done ultimately is demonize Israel in the eyes of the world mostly with these manufactured atrocities that the Israelis never actually did. And what you end up with is that the left uh, in America, and it's interesting to note that the, when I was saying about the Palestinians being invented, that that was actually done in large part by the KGB. And now it's the American left that is lining up against Israel, retailing this Palestinian grievance propaganda, and this normalizes a kind of anti, the Islamic anti-Semitism that Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar represent. You know, just, yeah. to, just wow. to piggyback off of that question, you know, it, it seems very interesting to me that the, the left loves to throw out the term and, and call people that they don't agree with Nazis all the time. Uh, yet, like you were just talking about, I mean, they they – increasingly think it's acceptable to be anti-Jewish. I, I guess, yes. I mean, isn't there, isn't there a large amount of hypocrisy? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the BDS movement. The BDS movement is huge on college campuses, and the college campuses are the first uh, – the, the kids on college campuses, for the most part, would be the first to say that uh, if you oppose Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, if you oppose jihad terror, then you're a Nazi – uh, they, the BDS movement is actively emulating the Nazis. The, the Nazis actually started by boycotting Jewish businesses and calling upon the Germans to not shop in Jewish-owned stores and so on. And so to say that you're going to boycott Jewish businesses because you're anti-Israel is to imitate the Nazis in a direct manner. And then they turn around and call everybody else Nazis. It's kind of ridiculous, but there's nothing that's very sensible in the public discourse these right. days. Wow, very, very well said. Um, 
I want to, you know, I want to get your thoughts on a lot of stuff, Robert, and I want to get Bill's input on a lot of stuff. But, you know, I want, I want, and everybody else. But I want to say real quick, um, I, I pulled up an article, and uh, you know, we were talking about the hate crimes earlier. How, how many hoaxes there were. Uh, here are the top ten. I want, I just want to read this to you guys real quick. It just goes to show what we're dealing with with it from the demo, from the left. And the scary part is a lot of these foreign leaders in other countries. It seems like they're on the same exact uh, agenda uh, in terms of the politically correct uh, model, and, and which is just nuts. I mean, these hoaxes happen all over Canada, uh, different places. I mean, you see the Muslim invasion in, in all these various parts of the world, and now people are demanded to respect them. It's crazy. But let me just mention this. Um, in January, it was discovered that a Muslim girl had lied to police in Toronto when she told them a man had cut off her, however you pronounce it, hijab. Is that how you pronounce it? Hijab. Hijab, okay. The hoax quickly gained the attention of Canadian media, as well as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who told reporters that his heart goes out to the young girl who was attacked seemingly for her religion. Police concluded that the incident had never occurred. Imagine that. Number nine, a Long Island woman told detectives in September that four teenagers had confronted her yelling Trump 2016 and that she woke up the next morning to find her tires slashed with a note that read, go home. The the woman ended up being arrested and charged for fabricating the story about the Trump-related hate crime. Number eight, in July, a Texas waiter shared a photo of a customer's receipt, which had the words, we don't tip terrorists scrawled at the top, along with the waiter's name, a circle. The photo gained national media attention. The waiter was offered donations, and the framed customer was banned from the restaurant. The waiter eventually admitted that he had written the words on the receipt and that the story was made up. Imagine that. Number seven, an Ohio University student told police that she had received homophobic death threats. The student ended up being charged with three counts, of making false alarms after it was discovered by police that she had sent the death threats to herself. Number six, a high school marching band in Georgia decided to display a racial slur during one of their performances. After conducting an investigation, the school's principal announced that the incident was a hoax. Uh, Number five, one day before the midterm elections, a black freshman at Kansas State tweeted an image of a racist note attached to his apartment door. In this tweet, the student stated that, his, that this blatant racism should serve as a reminder that everyone needs to get out and vote. The tweet has since been deleted, and the student later admitted to police that he had created and posted the note to his own door. Number four, a waitress at a restaurant in Texas uh, wrote a racial slur against Hispanics on a receipt claiming that a local law enforcement employee had written it and directed it towards her. The waitress later admitted to the county sheriff that she herself had written the racist comment. Almost done here. Number three, in November, several racist notes surfaced at Drake University, which speared an investigation, protest, and campus-wide concern for nearly an entire month. A student who had received one of the notes later admitted to being the one who sent the notes to herself and others. She ended up facing charges and possible expulsion. Uh, Number two, Chipotle fired one of its managers in November after a user on Twitter shared a video accusing her of refusing to serve black customers due to the color of their skin. It turned out that the manager had been a victim of a race hoax and had refused the customer 
due to their own habit of dining and dashing. Chipotle has since offered the manager her job back. And finally, number one, we all remember this debacle, this crazy circus. During the October Kavanaugh hearings, a woman did this, decided to insert herself in the elaborate and infamous Wit Watch trial by writing a letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee accusing Brett Kavanaugh of rape. The woman later admitted that her letter was a hoax and that she had never met Kavanaugh. Jesus. So, I mean, you look at the epidemic this is causing, and uh, it plays into so many different things. Um, you know, we, don't, we can't even know what to believe anymore, and these people that make these sort of things up should be held accountable to the highest, um, you know, the highest standard. I mean, there's no excuse for it. Um, Bill, what are your thoughts on all this, this epidemic happening? Well, no doubt. I mean, uh, there's this professor, I don't know if you've read his book, called The Hate Crime Hoax that really plays into all this, how the left is selling a fake race war. And he cites in this book a hundred examples in the last two, three years of the celebrated hoaxes that have proven to be false. And uh, it's an astounding list. I mean, you, you touched on several right there. Uh, but you could even add the current, you know, the, what happened with Co- Covington Catholic, uh, uh, the Catholic yep. boys. And, uh, you, you know, yep. so y- you throw it all in the mix. But uh, certainly uh, since Donald Trump, particularly since he's been elected, it has really right. agitated the left and exacerbated uh, this kind of reporting. But uh, this professor, uh, Wilf- Wilfred Riley, and it's an excellent read and one that I recommend mm-hmm. that you check out especially in light of what we're dealing with, because uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be any letting up on this. And uh, Jesse Smollett is in trouble. I know the police are looking for him right now, even as we speak. I was checking to see if he had been arrested yet. But uh, clearly he's he's in a lot of trouble. And I agree with you, Rory, that people should be held into account. I mean, nobody wants to – and you bring up the Kavanaugh case, and and certainly the one woman who admitted that the the, – uh, the letter was was fake. She never met Brett Kavanaugh. I, I I I even say with Dr. Ford, you know, that they investigated it only to a point, but you know, basically it didn't solve anything because the people that going into the uh, investigation <clears throat> that believed that Brett Kavanaugh was in, innocent, it didn't change their mind, and the people that believed he was guilty still believe he's guilty. And to this day, it galls me when I hear people say, "Well, he did that," you know. What 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 did what are you talking about? He did that. There was no proof on this, and if anything, the doctor herself got caught lying in several cases. And if you want to use the um, yeah. the standard, if you want to use the standard that uh, one of the senators had put out there, uh, you know, Senator um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert is it Rosenthal or um, anyway? He, he said, "Oh, the Rose, uh, no, not Rosenstein." Blumen, yeah, he was the one that he himself was the one who lied about his service in Vietnam and and that. Yes. And uh, so anyway, but he had said, you know, he used the old axiom, the Latin axiom that basically says faults in one thing, faults in everything. And so if you use that standard that he laid out during the hearing, well, then Dr. Ford is is totally false because uh, you know her her entire story could not be corroborated. You feel that maybe something had occurred. Uh, you want to give. You see, this is the problem. See, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but in doing that, 
we leave ourselves yeah. open to be worked. And uh, Jesse Smollett worked everybody, and the conditions are yeah. ripe right now because of this antithesis towards Donald Trump. Yeah, and you really look at you know his situation, and I said it from day one. I mean, he's the ultimate victim. He's gay and he's black. I mean, that's the perfect left wing right. narrative. That that you know they jump all over. Yeah, that but stuff. but but I but but I think Rory, after all this is said and done, though, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, and he's a terrible actor because he didn't do a terrible. good acting job on this deal. He, I mean, he he the Empire ought to just fire him just for bad acting and, and bad casting. <laughs> Because if you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna say you got white guys doing this, you need to you need to at least cast some white guys, not two black guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It, the, oh, absolutely. It was it was just a it was a circus. Um, you know, Rob, Robert Spencer. I want to go back to you. Um, you know, obviously a lot of this stuff plays into, you know, what what what's going on. You know, with Islam and political correctness, and how the left-wing media has a certain narrative, um, and you know, they 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 don't care if it's a white person, but if it's somebody of color or if it's a Muslim, all hell breaks loose, man. Yeah, this is all about fitting things into their narrative. They don't have enough hate crimes that are real to sustain their claims that Muslims are victims of widespread persecution and harassment in the United States, which is total nonsense. They don't have enough. Yeah. MAGA hat wearing thugs attacking poor innocent people of color to sustain their claim that uh, the Trump supporters are a bunch of redneck racist yahoos who are violent and thuggish and so on. They claim that right-wing extremism is a bigger threat than Islamic jihad, and so none of these things are true. They have to make up these stories and fabricate all these uh, claims. In order to make them true and uh, to to make it seem as if they're true, the Jesse Smollett thing is a classic example of uh, somebody. I think that he actually believes his own nonsense. They that he, he we we can look at it and say, how could you ever have thought that anybody was going to believe that a couple of white guys wearing MAGA hats are running around in Chicago in sub-zero temperatures at two in the morning with a noose and bleach? Right looking for some <laughs> black man to terrorize. Uh, right. How could anybody have ever believed that? And yet that's what they really think of the right. They really think we're all Klan members walking around with nooses all the time looking for some black man to lynch. So they don't realize how ridiculous it seems when you're talking to real human beings. Uh, they, yeah. they actually buy this. And I think that it's the same thing in Islam. There was a famous case right after the election of a Muslim girl in a hijab on the New York subway. And mm -hmm. she claimed that a couple of MAGA hat wearing guys had torn off her hijab and spit at her in a crowded subway car. And of course, nobody got any video. And it later turned out that she had made it all up because she was out with her non-Muslim boyfriend and her father didn't approve of the guy because he was not Muslim. But the thing is, is that this made international headlines because it fit into the way they actually see the world. And the exactly. way the left, the media, and the uh, Muslims in the United States to a tremendous degree, they think, oh, yeah, that's perfectly reasonable to think because that's what they're really like, and it's complete fantasy. We're seeing the left really go insane on a large scale because insanity is not being able to distinguish fantasy from reality, and that's where they are now. Hey, Robert, yeah. when does that I mean, stop, though? When, when, when does it stop? When you've got all this empirical evidence, and like this professor who has written this book, where he says virtually, virtually, all 
the best publicized hate crimes have turned out to be hate hoaxes. When does it well, stop? It's only so going to stop go when the uh, when when the establishment media is completely discredited. I mean, there are a lot more mm-hmm. people now who realize that CNN's not really a news network but a propaganda outfit, but there's still far too right. many people out there who think, mm-hmm. oh, it's on CNN, it must be true, or it's in the New York Times, it must be true, and so on. And, and as long mm-hmm. as that continues, and it is, it is changing, but as long as it continues, then we're going to see more hate hoaxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Ho- hopefully they're, they're – they're embarrassed enough to where they stop this. Hey, by the way, thank you for correcting me. It is uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal who was, was the senator I was talking of. So, uh, you know, for your audience, Rory, I want to make sure they get the right information. Oh, absolutely. Th- thank you, Bill. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I know who has a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, Gianni uh, from New York. How are you, my friend? Go ahead. Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be on. We're talking about Jesse Smollett. What are your thoughts on this? I know you want to speak I on mean, it. it. I mean, it's just it's, it's just unraveling. I mean, at first, you know, it was, oh, my, my gosh, you know, he's gotten beat up. And, you know, all the liberals on Twitter are sharing pictures and sad pictures of him <laughs> with tears and a yeah. rope around his neck. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I'm listening to this. And, you know, I'm like, I cannot see a bunch of rednecks running around Chicago 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> floor off. I mean – there's no way. It's totally, I mean, it's totally impossible. The story didn't even make any sense. And think about this. 40 minutes to call the police. I mean, if I got jumped, I'll call the police immediately, and I still wouldn't have the noose or the rope around my neck when I go to see the police. I mean, come, I mean yeah. the whole thing was just so orchestrated. I mean, when I yeah. heard the story, I was like, oh, man, that's kind of bad, sad. So then I researched and I looked at all the details and I connected the dots and I was like, all right, something is totally fishy about it. And now we see it unraveling. And not only the the, orche- the orchestrated uh, so-called attack, but now the letter that was sent to Empire, ABC, um, the man, yeah. Fox, that was the yeah. Fox Empire, is now being questioned as if he did that on his own. I mean, Yeah, the I FBI mean, the is now investigating the letter. He sent the letter to himself. I mean, this guy... I mean, it's, I mean, this guy's nuts. Is this guy that stupid to think that, you know, he wouldn't, uh, you know, be caught? I mean, be caught? Yeah, I, I don't know. He didn't know, think man. that anybody was going to check. So he really didn't think. I well, mean, I mean, cause he, I think he's used to it because of the liberal media, you know, they're doing yeah. crazy stories anyway with fake news. Look at the, the boys from the Catholic school, and people went along with that. But I think when we have – investigations like uh, Andrew Breitbart used to be before Breitbart was taken over. I believe we need more investigative reporters and uh, journalists like that that will say, all right, something sounds bullshitty in this story. We need to go and investigate it. And the Laura Loomers and all those people, I believe it's those people that are actually bringing it to light. And social media is a good tool in order to expose the lies to the left, you know. Yeah, and Robert Folks, Spencer, I know, you gotta I, go, gotta run. I know you got to go in a few minutes. I know you got to go in a few minutes. I do want to get your thoughts before you go, though, um, about this whole Andrew McCabe situation. Uh, let me play a quick clip of what Andrew McCabe said the other night, and uh, and then I'll. I want to get your thoughts. Um, here it goes. Here we go. Yeah. 
Here we go. About to play it. Action. But McCain says Rosenstein raised another idea. The 25th Amendment to the Constitution allows the vice president and a majority of the cabinet to remove the president. Discussion of the 25th Amendment was, was simply Rod raised the issue and discussed it with me in the context of thinking about how many other cabinet officials might support such an effort. Um, I didn't have much to contribute, to be perfectly honest, in that uh, conversation, so I listened to what he had to say. Um, but to be fair, it was an unbelievably stressful time. I can't even describe for you how many things must have been coursing through the Deputy Attorney General's mind at that point. So um, it was really something that he kind of threw out in a, in a very frenzied, um, chaotic conversation about where we were and what we needed to do next. What seemed to be coursing through the mind of the Deputy Attorney General was getting rid of the President of the United States. Well, one way or another. I can't confirm that. But what I can say is the Deputy Attorney General was definitely very concerned about the President, about his capacity, and about his intent at that point in time. How did he bring up the idea of the 25th Amendment to you? Honestly, I don't remember. He, it was just another kind of topic that he jumped to in the midst of a, a, a wide-ranging conversation. Seriously? <laughs> just yeah. another topic? Yeah. Did you counsel him on that? I didn't. I mean, he was discussing um, other cabinet members and whether or not people would support such an idea, whether or not other cabinet members would um, share his belief that the president was – um, was really concerning, was concerning Rod at that time. Rosenstein was actually openly talking about whether there was a majority of the cabinet who would vote to remove the president. That's correct. Jesus. Counting votes or possible votes. Did he assign specific votes to specific people? No, not that I recall. As you're sitting in this meeting in the Justice Department talking about removing the President of the United States, you were thinking, what? How did I get here confronting these confounding legal issues of such immense importance, not just to the FBI, but to the entire country? It was, um, it was disorienting. Jesus Christ. Okay. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. Imagine if you heard a Republican talking like that. Imagine if this was a scenario where a Republican was behind this. Robert, Robert Spencer, your thoughts on this? You've, been, you've probably been looking into this a lot on what's been going on. Yeah, look, the 25th Amendment was put in in order to take care of the possibility of a president being incapacitated by a stroke or the, the, something of the kind of thing that happened to Ariel Sharon. Prime Minister of Israel about 10 years ago, where he was in a coma and completely unresponsive, obviously not yeah. able to discharge his duties. Uh, the yeah. idea that it was even broached in connection with Trump, in the first place, it's a product of these books. Uh, I, I forget the names of the authors now, but the very big books over the last year or so that uh, have portrayed Trump as being uh, kind of an imbecile watching television all day and not doing anything, uh, not making any policy. This is so obviously false. 
when he has reversed so much of the Obama agenda, when he has done bold and daring uh, initiatives that nobody dared to do before him, like move the embassy to Jerusalem and so on. Uh, when he speaks, it's very clear that he's in complete control of his faculties. What it comes down to is they just don't like his politics, and they wanted to use this of 25th Amendment as a pretext to remove him. It's a very dangerous thing. It's uh, Well, we can only be grateful that it, they were stopped, but it shows how uh, absolutely desperate they are to destroy him and how willing they are to bend the law. This would have been indeed a coup d'etat, the first one in the United States, in the history of the United States. I know, and, and you know, you look at this sort of ideology, and it's the same sort of thing that a foreign government, you know, would would use. I mean, I mean, we're talking like third world ideology. I mean, that's the that's the kind of people that throw coops. I mean, the fact that that conversation was even had is disgraceful, and it goes to show, yeah. you, you know, the people at the Justice Department and the and you know over there and, and these are so corrupt. Yeah. Anyway, it's been you great. Know? I got to run. Thanks, Absolutely. Well, Robert Spencer, tell everybody where they can find you, all your information. Jihadwatch.org, online, updated every day, many times daily, with news and commentary on jihad activity in the U.S. and around the world. And I'm at JihadWatchRS on Twitter. There's a JihadWatch Facebook group if you can find it with all the shadow banning. And uh, I think that's about it. Anyway, thanks, folks. Till, you, till next time. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. We'll have you back soon. Take care, man. Uh, I do want to introduce our next guest, uh, very popular guy, um, public speaker, political activist, political strategist, lobbyist, and founder of Frontline America, Ben Berkwam. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm driving through a bit of a dead zone, so hope the connection's good. Yeah, we can hear you. Um, you know, I, I admire your work, man. It, you know, it's fascinating what you're doing. Um, you know, you were just at the Trump rally in El Paso, Texas last week. Um, you know, there was a, an interesting incident that occurred there. You know, I do want to get back to talking about McCabe, but first of all, you know, just with everything you've been doing, um, you know, explain the incident – uh, from last week, because you were on CNN a couple of days ago uh, with uh, Brian uh, Stelter, and uh, uh, you were, no, <laughs> were kind of, tell you know, he was trying to, you know, I mean, he was being nice in a sense, but I, I think he wanted to kind of blame it on you and blame it on Trump, Trump supporters, uh, the, what happened with the guy. Remember, you had to escort this guy out of the rally. Didn't he attack some media guy or something? Yeah, so I was at the El Paso rally, and uh, several incidents. I and I was actually up on on the press. I was there with Frontline America and our radio station, uh, Talk Radio 1680, KGED, and and I was on the press platform. I actually uh, had a really great time with President Trump's campaign videographers and and some really great folks out there. Uh, and throughout the night, I had my Build the Wall shirt, and then underneath that, I had my uh, CNN is fake news shirt on. And at one point, I, sh I showed the crowd that, and they went crazy, and they were all, you know, uh, excited about that. And what's funny is one of the guys up on stage got really offended by the fact that I, I would do that, that I would show that shirt. And I, I turned to him. I said, look, man, this crowd thinks everybody up here is, is fake news, and it's probably good that I'm up here because I, I give some cover for you guys. And so – uh, he was still upset about it, and it just, you know, we, we moved on from there. And a few minutes later, the, the after all these other happened, 
your demonstration, uh, I heard this noise from my right, and I look over my shoulder, and I see this guy barreling through, knocking over cameras, and coming towards me, ended up knocking over the BBC cameraman and, and knocking their camera down. And so I just instinctively, I just, I'm like, okay, this guy's not here uh, for good reason. Uh, I'm going to stop him from doing what he's doing. So I just grabbed him, got one arm behind his back, and then had my hand on his neck or his, you know, on his shoulder. To, I, I wanted to figure out what the heck he was doing. And then he started yelling, F the media. He had a MAGA hat on um, with the tag still on it, just one thing to note. And, uh, and, and when he raised his other arm, it gave me an opportunity. I, I got that arm behind his back. And at that point, he just kind of gave up, and I looked for the quickest way to get him off the, the press platform and down to security and, and found a uh, place I could drop him off and dropped him off, handed him over, and then went back to resume my position and, and kept filming. And so uh, after, you know, after that, President Trump uh, waved. That's when he waved at the uh, press box and said, hey, you guys all okay? And, and everyone's like, yeah, we're fine. Ironically – so the part of the story that we didn't, I didn't get on into with CNN, and it was funny that CNN invited me. I was wondering when I was going to get an invite to CNN. It's funny that it was this story that, that did it. Uh, but I told them, I said, had it been Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo that invited me on, I would have probably wore my CNN to fake new shirt for the interview just because, you know, the crap that they put out. I don't know this Brian guy that well, so I, I, I was uh, a little – I gave him a little more opportunity. And, and I, I actually think the interview was pretty – it, he, he was. He did. He did what news should do. They actually interview right. the people involved with the, the situation. Right. Except, you know, you know what I didn't like though when he mentioned, you know, he was trying to insinuate that uh, we thought, you know, and we we never, you never said this, but that that you and other Trump supporters thought this guy may have been a placed in the rally just to make Trump supporters look bad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that has been thrown around. That idea has been thrown around, and I get it. I mean, well, I was there. I saw the guy. So for for four reasons, originally it was three, now it's four. For four reasons, I I could see why people would would think that. Now I, but I I also believe you don't you don't make claims about something unless you have the evidence to back it up. And so until we figure out, I still don't know who the guy is. I don't even know if you. I was I, I was assumed he got arrested because he assaulted people. But yeah. now I'm, I'm finding out that I, I, as far as I know, he's never got a – but for four reasons. So first, the, the timing of it. He, he attacked – he did his thing basically at the tail end of all the other leftist um, demonstrations. Pain member staff, and they said, they said that it was the most – because I, I said – I made the comment, man, I've never seen this level of demonstration. And, and one of the campaign guys who's been on – on the trail with President Trump since 2016, said it's the worst he's ever seen. Like that, that what, what we saw that night. So it came at the end of that, and it was the mm. most media centric. It had the most impact. The other thing was the, um, the 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 look in the guy's eyes when I grabbed him. There was, you know, when you look in when you when you talk to somebody, usually they'll have some sort of expression, you know, where you can kind of gauge what they're thinking. Or you, yeah. if you've ever talked to anybody where they're daydreaming and they're thinking about something else, that was the look this guy had. Like it was a blank stare where he was looking at me, but the, there was there was nothing going on. And so there was something very strange about his his him doing what he was doing. It just was that was off. The, and, and the way the media it fits their narrative so well. 
they've been saying Trump's inciting against the media for, for months now. I mean, this is what they were hoping would happen. And, and the fact that BBC, this is what people, oh, the, 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 one of the other points is he was wearing a hat, I already mentioned this, with the tag still on it. Which, again, all these things, it could, it, he could have been a Trump supporter, he could have been drunk, he could have been crazy, whatever. It could have been all that stuff. Uh, for all I know, he was. But what really gets me is the fact that I was standing next to the BBC reporters and their cameraman all night. For three hours, I stood next to them. Three hours. The cameraman afterwards, after I'd taken this guy out and gotten him off there, he came up, he approached me. I mean, when I say approached me, he reached over. I was, uh, you know, I was within arm's distance from him all night doing that, uh, stopping that guy from attacking anybody else. The reporter and the, this editor who ended up tweeting about it the next day never asked my name, never asked where I was from, never asked anything about who, the, you know, who I was, but, the, uh, but then decided to run a story, and that story was, Trump MAGA hat wearer, you know, I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, attacks BBC reporter because Trump incites them. You know, basically was the, the premise of the story was this all happens because President Trump has been inciting violence against the media and and intentionally chose to omit me, another Trump supporter who also happened to be part of press from the story. And so my response back to them was this is why you get called fake news. Because you report – your job when you report a story is to get all of the facts of the story, which would include talking to the people that were involved in the story, a.k.a. me and this other guy. Now, I don't know the other guy. I still – like you would think that they would be tracking that down. I'm trying to track him down, and they chose not to talk to me. That's the part where I just – I look at that, and I I just say, you guys are – you want to stop being called fake news? Then stop reporting fake news. Start telling the truth. Start actually telling what this, what actually happened. Yeah, I mean, right. you're you're absolutely right. Very very well said. Um, you know, we got we got stuff, lots to talk about. But uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, shame on the BBC for not actually reporting the full story. I mean, like you're saying. This is why they get called fake news. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a decent amount of times, it's not that they just make up some random story. Sometimes they do, or sometimes someone does and they run with the story. But it's omitting information that completely changes the narrative. Because to say that a Trump supporter attacked someone from their crew is one thing, but to say that a Trump supporter attacked someone from their crew and then another Trump supporter stopped them makes it a yin and a yang type of story of, you know, this one Trump supporter was crazy, but, you know, this other Trump supporter actually, you know, kept them from doing any damage. That that story doesn't fit their narrative, though, so they have no interest in running it. Yes. Yeah, and that's the whole point. So, Right, the same day, Epoch Times, which was also right up there with me, uh, uh, Charlotte from Epoch Times, um, I, I may have yeah, I'm drawn a blank. I, I, it may be Charlotte. Anyway, the reporter for Epoch Times was up there. Well, guess what she did? Me the whole day uh, and got my contact information. The next day, she called me and interviewed me before she ran her story. And so the you, you know the difference between the the angle of Stories isn't if, if people want to see what fake news is versus what real journalism is, just go and look up look, look up the BBC story on it, 
and then compare that to Epoch Times. And the, the, the contrast is stark. It's one tells this, you know, basically does their job and goes and finds what the, the, the what really happened and, and talks to everybody that they can that's involved in the situation. And the other one, like you said, Josh, they intentionally omit. And this is where people, like you said, they don't they don't get that. They, when you think of fake news, you automatically think, well, they're 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 creating something that didn't happen. And it's not always that sinister or that obvious. In this case, it was simply omitting really important facts of the story that that don't fit their narrative. And that's what we run into all the time. So I was I was pleasantly surprised that I got an invite from CNN on Sunday. I wasn't surprised, though, that I didn't get one from Don Lemon or Chris, Chris Cuomo, who have been saying this for months. You know, they'll ignore the fact that they're reporting false uh, stories, but then they'll, they'll turn around and say President Trump's inciting against the media, which he never has. President Trump has never right. said to attack them violently. All he's said is call them out for their fake news. Which is, and yeah. that's what I, when, when I was asked that by CNN, I said, no, it's, I, I support him. I, he's not inciting them. He's, he's calling out what we all see with our eyes and hear with our ears. Like, you don't have to, yeah, it's, it, he's, he's saying what we see and what we feel. He's just, he, what he's saying is just resonating with us. Now, that doesn't mean that we want violence against the media, we want them to report accurately. That's, I mean, it's, just, it's a simple thing. The fact that we call them, or the enemy of the people isn't saying we yeah. want violence against them. Now, it's, at some point, you know, with, with, you played that clip of uh, Andrew McCabe and what's going on with Rod yeah. Rosenstein. At some point, some of this stuff becomes treasonous. And then there yes. is a place where, guess what? There, there, there's a reason why uh, the founders put the Second Amendment in place. There's a reason why we have uh, these, these uh, the, the rule of law and processes in place. Because there is a place where people have to be dealt with with violence, but that's an entirely different story than just calling people out for false reporting. And, and so it's like we've, we've conflated things that don't need to be conflated and minimized things that should be like this, like this, this coup that we've had that's finally coming yeah. to light. We've, had, we've yeah. had a year and a half of attacks of fake news about Russia collusion, while the real collusion to undermine our pre- – President Donald Trump and our country has been yeah. hasn't been reported on, and all of a sudden it's coming out. But what what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about President Trump maybe inciting against the media. Yeah. It's just it's in, totally insane. Hey Ben, isn't it fascinating that the fact that you know regarding the fake news, you know they they are so quick to jump on Jesse Smollett's side, and when it when it turns yeah. out that Jesse Smollett's a liar. They, they still, you know, have a hard time going back and apologizing for their errors. But it's like they make up fake news about us constantly, and they don't even want to call out their own fake news. I mean, it, it's, it's sad. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. I saw a clip today. I actually played it on my show today of uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris saying you know, their yeah. comments about this being uh, lynching. Uh, tri- you know, current day lynching, or uh, I don't know the exact words, the phrase they used, but modern day lynching, and yeah. uh, and then all of a sudden they come out and find out that this was this was a totally made up story by this guy. And I'm I'm wondering, this guy should be he should get the same charges that yeah. whoever yeah. had done this to him would have gotten. 
the, the, right. the, the hate crimes charges, for somebody to make up the story. Because I, I keep looking at this saying, how many people in MAGA hats have gotten beat up because of this story or attacked because of this story? Oh, yeah. And, yep. and to have people like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker just eh, brush it off. Well, yeah, you know, eh, we don't know all the – now Cory Booker's saying, well, we don't know all the facts yet. Yeah, you think maybe you could have said that when the story first came out and you didn't know any of the facts. Oh, you know, the yeah. facts are now they're coming out saying, oh, we don't know all the facts yet. But when you first heard yeah. the story, it was modern-day lynching. It's just it's, – it's, dis, it's disgraceful is the best word I can use. That this, this goes on, and it goes on unchallenged. Yeah. And it's not, just, yeah. it's not just these politicians. It's the media as well. When that story first came right. out, you had, you know, it was CNN, it was MSNBC, it was everybody saying, "Oh, look, look at this. We knew this was coming." These dang Trump supporters, MAGA hat wearers. Dude, first it was those Catholic kids to that to that Native American guy, that poor guy that was just beating his drum in front of this, you know. And now yes. it's, it's getting worse. Look, it's getting worse. It, I mean, it, anybody watching this in our country that doesn't realize that we are under assault from all levels, from all sides by the left, who are trying to destroy this country from within, has their eyes closed and their ears. I mean, it's just, I, I, yeah. it's all connected. And so, yeah, yeah, to see that, it makes me sick. I just hope, yeah. I hope that he gets the, the prosecution that he deserves and the shame that he deserves. Absolutely. Um, well, I want to I go to Gianni, and then I want to go to Dr. Bustler. Go ahead, Johnny in New York. Yeah, you know, the whole story just, you know, it's it's very depressing, you know, just to see the disinformation and the misinformation that go that goes on and it really takes me back to you remember when Steve King, uh, the representative, was shot and the guy that did it was a Bernie supporter. But when I watch CNN that whole time, because I like to watch CNN to see what they say about a particular issue, they never once, even on Facebook and on social media, they never once said that he supported Bernie Sanders. Not once. Right. But then a guy who says, oh, oh, he's a Trump supporter or, you know, he's a Republican or he donated to this person. And they automatically in the headlines, if you read on social media, they'll say uh, Trump supporter or MAGA hat wearing or, you know, they always do that with the boys on the, the Catholic. The Catholic school boys. People talked about, oh, they're wearing MAGA hats and they're smirking. But they forget to talk about the black Israelites that were calling the people gay, calling, calling the, the kids faggots, and, 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 and being racist. And it, I mean, and no one reported on it. Not one right. person from CNN, not one person from any other media company that's on the left wing reported on it. And to me, yeah. that shows you that. Everybody, we live in a culture where everybody wants to be first. No one wants to be accurate anymore. It's not right. like in the yeah. old days, it was just, hey, report the news, and that's it. Now it's, oh, oh, oh my gosh, you, you heard about what happened? I think, oh, my gosh, we got to report this, and then they release it without doing the study. Like your guest said, there's no more journalists anymore. There's only propagandists right. now. So right. I want to um, jump. Yeah, go ahead. No Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want, no, no, I just want to jump on that, just add a point. It's such a great point. So I, I, I mentioned it in passing uh, kind of flippantly, but I was actually there in D.C. when that punk with the, the drum was going around and, and, and drumming the drum. I got, so I was doing a live stream out in front of the White House. I was 30 feet away from the guy, maybe 
And and oh. I got told to shut up because they were doing their Native American ritual, and I was interrupting it because I was talking into my – doing my life. And I was like, who, who are these guys? What are you talking about? How am I – and ten minutes later, the guy's going up to people and drumming in their face. I just – it it, it – just fries me, and yet this kid stands there stoically looking at him. I was, I mean, I looked at that kid and I said, "Man, well done for staying calm with this, this punk." But you're right; <coughs> they, they immediately, they immediately say Trump supporter when something it fits their narrative. But they, it, they, uh, they always ignore the fact if it's a Bernie or a lefty when it doesn't fit it. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to say that. I want, yeah. You're good. You know, I, you know, I, I enjoyed exactly what, uh, you know, Ben was saying in that, uh, you know, we have to look at, you know, the, the what McCabe was talking about and that coup d'etat that they were doing and are doing because we still have Mueller investigation. We don't know how that's going to turn out, but all the media that you hear, and especially what Ben was talking about down in El Paso and, you know, this, uh you know, this this whole fake allegation about the mega hats beating them up, that all fits into the narrative that all of the left presidential candidates have already used. It already came up uh, as far as, you know, uh, you have Elizabeth Warren giving her speech saying how Donald Trump will be arrested before he's reelected. You have now you have Bernie Sanders today. Not saying, you know, not talking about um, the the anti-Semitism that's going on in this country, not right. talking about how this whole episode was staged uh, right. by this actor. No, he didn't talk about any of that. He used what the media was saying, and that was right. very simple. He just came out and said that. Donald Trump is the most racist, sexist, homophobic, bigoted president in the U.S. history. And yes. to me, there's no evidence of that with the exception right. of what was drummed up by the media. So this is, the, yes. you know, the, this whole thing, when will the media stop? Simple. Yes. When they destroy yes. Trump. And I was, I was asking myself the other day, you know, and, and I was really thinking about this in detail. And it all makes sense. Is that how long have the Democrats been talking about race relations? How long have they been talking about people that are oppressed or supposedly? How long have they made that one of their talking points? For, for as long as I can remember. And it's like that's always in their curriculum and, and their notes every time they run for president. Well, I'm going to take care of all of the minor. Like, and I'm going to make sure there's no racism, and we're going to make sure the people that are hating on people of color pay. It, it, you know, in reality, I've always said the best way to stop racism is stop talking about it. The fact that they keep talking about it, it, it just adds to the problem, and it keeps the problem there. I mean, in reality, and, and yes, yes, there are a few racist people. There are racist people in this country, but not to the extent – that the mainstream media and these left-wing politicians uh, portray. No way. Well, you, yeah. you, 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 you made a list of, you know, about two dozen fake news. Yes. You know, on that list, uh, and there were several other that were brought up by your panel, and the other one was that wasn't brought up was the knocking over of Jewish tombstones right after President Trump was elected. And that was yes. not 
it was not a Trump supporter. And right. so when you have these narratives, but the left has branded that. That is branded yes. into every left candidate now that Trump yes. did it. You know, this yes. this this whole thing about, you know, what this actor did, it doesn't matter that it is a lie. Those aren't what social media sites are going to talk about. Right. The social media right. sites are going to say yes, but it exists in the United States. That's all they're going to say. Right. They're going to blame it on Trump, and they're going to play that narrative. They're going to keep playing that narrative over and over again. Very and well worried. said. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I wanted. I just wanted to add. There was this tweet that went viral. I put it up on Facebook earlier. There's this social justice warrior out of Boston, and this is what she tweeted called "Mrs. Resistance," woke Linda. About the uh, Jesse situation. I don't yeah. care if he lies. We still need to believe him. This is a modern day religion. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't denial. matter if exactly. we're up or not. He's such exactly, a Johnny. Exactly. He has to be one just to prove it. I, you know, I'm just. <laughs> oh, he, he needed to do it to prove that it exists. I'm like, this oh, is the. Mo- I really think it's a mental <laughs> problem. I honestly do think that. I I think we're simplifying the problem down to them just hating Trump. It is so much deeper to that. They hate Republicans. They want us destroyed. Ironically enough, I was working on my blog, Roy, for next week, and it's, it's going back to Louisiana back in 1868, 69, when blacks first started getting voted in to Congress, and they were all Republicans. And in my research, I found where um, in April, Louisiana became a state, and all these Republicans got in, and the KKK and every other group like that just went ballistic. There was killings. There were massacres. There, were, there was voter suppression. They hated Republicans. They wanted them gone, especially the blacks, because the blacks are Republicans. Nothing has changed in the Democratic Party since 1868. It's not just Trump is a great target for them, but they took down they took down um, oh gosh Romney because they had a dog in a cage on the roof when he was 12 or whenever. They hate us. Right, and you know the, the stories that they come up with from the past. And, you know, they want to bring up stuff from 30 years ago. I think that's foolish in so many different aspects, especially all the petty stuff that the Democrats try to get us for. But you're absolutely right. And, and let's face it, Democrats use minorities as a pawn. They only, they only want their votes. It's the same sort of thing as the plantation days, except obviously it's a little more subtle. But it is government, it is government control. It's, you know, they, they are under, under control on a leash. Um, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I know we're going to be shifting topics here soon, but I wanted to yeah. I wanted to create a clarification about something that we've been talking about on this issue. Um, there, there, we keep saying the word journalist uh, about all these these stories, the journalists, what the journalist said, what the journalist did. There, there are journalists, and then there are people who are activists. These, the most of these people that are quote unquote. Um, you know, investigative journalists are really just investigative analysts. 
They're looking for a story that they can use for their narrative because that's what they're supposed to do as an activist. Activists do not go out and even if they find a story that is counter to their, you know, to, to their narrative, they wouldn't run it. Just like for me, I'm an activist on the abortion issue. If, if for some crazy reason there was, you know, uh, there, there was a mass shooting by a pro-lifer, first off, I would, I, would, I would say that that was a terrible thing, but I wouldn't want to talk about that because it's a blunder right. on what I, you know, on the people group I believe in. So they're going right. out, they're being, they're, so, I mean, the term there is they're not investigative journalists, they're investigative, you know, uh, um, people who are looking to push forward their narrative. Yeah. Sure, uh, well, can I jump on can I jump on that too? So that's yeah. and that's the big difference between us and them is I, I'm honest about the fact that I'm an opinion journalist. I, I give my opinion. I am not a strict journalist. I that's the difference between fake news and real news. If if you're claiming to be objective and you're not, you're a liar. I don't claim to be objective, just like Josh said, I'm I am a conservative. I'm a Christian conservative. That's my worldview. That's the way I approach my story. That's the way I look at, at the world. And, and I'm honest about it. The difference with the left is they pretend to be objective when they're not. And somebody made the point earlier about the, the stories, uh, once they've run, it's, they're, they're already, it's already too late. And that's what always happens. So they come out with these stories. They let them run just like BBC yep. with their fake news. And, and then by the time they do the retraction or the change, it, it doesn't matter it, to, to everybody who saw the first story. That's all they're ever going to yep. remember. This Jesse Smollett, yep. they, yep. the same thing goes here. They, people yep. believe this narrative so much right. that they don't care that right. he li- They literally don't care that he lied about the story because it fits. It's, it's the, it's the, um, uh, 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 confirmation bias. It fits their confirmation, yes. or it, con- it confirms yes. their bias, and so they they just they they leave it alone. And to the point where, like, we could have people's lives ruined, and these guys would care less yes. because, like that that yes. that insane woman well, said, just, well, because we know it happens. It's just it's hey, complete hey ben, insanity. Hey, I, hey Ben, Ben, oh, go stay on. I, I got to ask you something quickly before you go. But I do want to introduce. Okay, I got to. I got to jump quick. I got to jump pretty quick. Okay. So. Okay. Let me introduce our next guest, and I got to ask you something before you go. But economist, entrepreneur, speaker, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, Live Vet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, <clears throat> Dr. Michael Butler. How are you? I'm doing well, Rory. How you doing? You know, um, I, I was just listening to uh, a lot of what we said about the the media, and they. Even though they uh, say things that are later pointed out to be wrong, um, they just keep doing it. And I think the reason is that there, there's no accountability. Uh, they can just yeah. keep doing it, and uh, nothing happens. Well, um, right. that may be changing. Uh, the lawyer for the, uh, the uh, young uh, kid from um, with the uh, Indian, uh, what's his name, Nicholas, uh, you know, when the Indian came, came up to him, the, um, he's and Washington Post ran that story. Um, yeah. They're now suing the Washington Post um, yeah. for damages. And uh, his attorney, uh, Lynn Wood, his name is, um, yeah. is suing for two hundred and fifty million dollars 
which I, um, yes. coincidentally is how much uh, Jeff Bezos paid for the Washington Post back in 2013. But he's suing, and uh, he, he recognizes it's a lot of money, and he's saying the damages should be so large that nobody would consider uh, putting out any more of this fake news uh, anymore. So maybe they're finally getting held uh, accountable. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad the Covington High School kid is taking action. Covington. And he's suing a bunch of different media outlets. So I think that's fantastic. We have to hold these people accountable that write fake stories. Um, Ben, before you you go, um, I do want to ask you, um, I don't think you've been on the show since, but there there was a few weeks ago that uh, you, Laura Loomer, and uh, I don't know if Will Johnson was with you. Maybe he was. But you went to Gavin Newsom's house. And you got arrested. Explain that because you brought illegals with you because, you know, Newsom and these Democrats, Pelosi in California, like to say, oh, they're all welcome in our country. But the minute you bring them on their property, the cops get called. It's fascinating. Yeah, so we, I, I, I've got to uh, um, correct a little bit of fake news that you just, you just laid out there. So we, we didn't get arrested when we brought the illegals. We and I'm, I'm tongue in cheek on you on that, but there, so we went. We did we did two uh, two events. We went first to Nancy Pelosi's house, Nancy. and we took we took three legals with us to that location. They we, we actually so for people that, that don't know how you get illegals in in America, you just stop by Home Depot. And literally, we went by Home Depot, picked up three legals. We hired them as uh, day laborers for our film crew, and and brought them out as extras. And ironically. We didn't get arrested at that point, and there were people on the phone with Nancy Pelosi's staff talking to them. At one point, they had cited the three illegals. One of the guys, by the way, was wanted the, – the cops admitted this to us. He was wanted in Mexico for some, some violent crime. They, they just let the guy go, and they, let, they, they didn't cite any of us. They just let us go. At, now, when we went back to Gavin Newsom – and it's not even Gavin Newsom's house. It's the governor's mansion in Sacramento, who incidentally, he does not live there. He, they, they initially were moved, they moved in there, but they decided to leave, get, it, get this, because the fences weren't tall enough to protect his family, is what he said. So we went, we went over there, ironically, right, with the guy who says fences and walls are immoral. We went over there to, to, to say, he said, everybody's welcome. So I went in my sombrero and poncho and uh, Laura Loomer as well. <laughs> Uh, you know, just mocking. We're mocking them for this 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 undermining of American sovereignty. I went as Pancho Benny, and to see you know if, if everybody is really welcome in America at all these leftist properties, and we weren't. We were arrested. We were cited. We were deported off the property, and we were charged with trespassing. And uh, and we actually have a a court date coming up, which I'm really looking forward to because I'm. We're going to flip this. To me, it it gives me an opportunity to put Gavin Newsom on trial for treason, and that's really what he should be on trial for. But no, they don't. So when, but this is this is the beauty of this. When we had illegals with us, we weren't arrested. When we didn't, we were. Now, was it was it coincidence? I don't know. It was different officers. Could have been different. You know, different scenario, different uh, variables in the stories. But in one case. We were, in one case, we weren't. And, and the whole point is this, the fact that Gavin Newsom and these leftist Democrats say everybody's welcome, but what they really mean is only illegals who want to commit crimes against Americans are welcome. If you're an American citizen and you're going 
to your house, by the way, it's the people's house, the governor's mansion belongs to the citizens of California, uh, you will be arrested and we will follow the law. But if you're an illegal, the laws don't apply to you. Jeez, wow. I mean, what that that's that's mind blowing. I mean, it's crazy though. I saw the whole thing. I mean, it was you know the the, the work you're putting in and all the activist stuff you're doing, man. It's uh, it, it's remarkable. It, it's it's an inspiration. Um, what um what so what? Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, Ben. Frontline America. If you just search uh, Google Frontline America or whatever search engine you use, uh, Frontline America. I on Facebook. And then our, our uh, daily radio show is on Talk Radio 1680 KGED from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But if you, yeah, if you search Frontline America, you'll find me. Excellent. And, and uh, stay, anybody have any stay, final and, and actually, let me, for Ben? Well, let me, let me add one thing. If you're in the D.C. area, I will be there this weekend, the 23rd, with a bunch of other folks uh, to build the wall, to fund the wall, to stand up, to uh, – to these communist leftists, uh, Friday will be there, but Saturday is the uh, the rally date in D.C. So stay tuned for some fun there. Sounds good. Anybody have any final questions for Ben? No, but I have a comment. So apparently, Go the ahead. Nancy Pelosi's world. Apparently, the Nancy Pelosi's world believe that illegals have constitutional rights, but they are not required to follow the law. Is that, <laughs> right. Is that where we yes. are now? Yes. That, okay. I, I think I just so. want to get I think, that straight. I, honestly, honestly, I don't even know. I, it, it basically comes down to what we've been talking about tonight, and you mentioned uh, it's the assault on Republicans. I would say it's the assault, or the assault on traditional American values, whether that's you know, it's a, a Christian conservative, it's, it's Republican conservative. It, so it really is whatever it takes to destroy America is the way I see the Democrats now. So if that's allowing illegals now, – now, now, and, and remember this. As soon as illegals start voting for Republicans, it, it all changes. The Democrats, it all goes out the window, and they will start holding these people accountable. But as long as illegals vote for Democrats, uh, it, it basically is whatever they want will we'll do it for them. Well, when they start voting yeah. Republican, Nancy Pelosi and, uh, and uh, Sanders are going to go out with their own hammers and start building the wall. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very well said, and uh, Ben, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Gianni, Josh, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. It was I, great to hear, hear his uh, thoughts. Yeah, I, I would love to ask yep. another question, but it's kind of a longer one, and I know he's got to run, so I'll hold it for the next time. Sounds good, okay. man. I appreciate that. And then uh, that. Dr. Branch or Dr. Bustler, any final thoughts? I'm good on my end. Okay, Perfect. Well, uh, Ben, uh, I want to thank you for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll have you back on again soon, man. You're a good friend of the show. Sounds good, brother. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, we're going to commercial. We'll be right back, everybody. Take care, Ben. We'll see you guys. Bye. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. 
To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. All right, we are back. Um, what a show it's been so far, everyone. Uh, I want to thank everybody that is tuning in. Uh, we've had some amazing guests so far tonight. Uh, I want to get into some other topics, though. We've got, we got so much to get to. Um, Dr. Bussler, let's start with yeah. you. Um, economics. Uh, it was just announced today. Oh, actually, in the last couple of days, you know, some of these news reports. But 1.4 million people have now dropped, have dropped off food stamps under Trump. Um, yeah. You know, ju- just in, I think that was just in a month time frame. And now we have manufacturing growth wages at the highest level in a decade. Um, you know, it's just every single day it's like new great economic numbers come out. And uh, it's, it's always in our favor. I mean, it's like, what are people opposing? What are people hating on? Um, I want to play a quick clip. Uh, Trump was um, in uh, Miami yesterday uh, defending Venezuela. Uh, and, and he said, you know, I want to play this. But Dr. Bustler, I want you to speak on what I just said real quickly while I get the clip. Well, you, you know, uh, when President Trump said um, – He's going to uh, do his best to, to cut government spending. He said there are a lot of social programs. He said, I'm going to cut spending on food stamps. And the Democrats, of course, were all over him saying he's going to take food out of people's mouths. But what Trump said was, well, we'll cut spending on food stamps because I'm going to grow the economy and provide enough opportunity for people that they can work and buy their own food without food stamps. And as a result, food stamp spending uh, has has gone down. I mean, look, uh, Trump yeah. said he, he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. He'll come in, uh, he'll grow the economy. And once we start growing the economy and getting that unemployment rate down as low as we have it for virtually every category of worker and every demographic, uh, that's providing opportunity for, for people. They don't need to be on the government dole anymore. Uh, they can right. Pay, uh, pay for themselves, which is what people really, really want. Another yeah. very encouraging statistic, um, the yeah. Obama economy was so bad 
Remember, he's the only president in history to serve a term in office without having at least one year with at least 3% right. annual and economic growth. And he raised the debt more than all presidents in history combined. Don't forget that. Right. And as a result of that, um, people couldn't find jobs. They dropped out of the labor force. Um, and the labor force, we call the participation rate, was uh, rock bottom. Uh, very encouraging to note that uh, uh, starting really last June, uh, hundreds of thousands uh, per month of discouraged workers are coming back into the workforce and finding uh, employment. Uh, again, that means that's less people that uh, uh, are on the government assistance programs, and those government spending things will um, go down, not because he's cutting spending, but because there's less of a need for them. Um, unlike the mainstream economists, um, I believe that economic growth this year will exceed what it did in 2018, and we'll get that final number for 2018 um, I think as early as Friday it was supposed to be last month, but the government was shut down, so we didn't get all the data. But I think 2018 will show the first year that the economy grew at over a 3% annual rate. Uh, and I think yeah. we're going to do even better this year. So in spite of all that negative press uh, that yeah. we, we talked about and all that fake news and uh, every Democrat against Trump and painting him as uh, an awful in individual – uh, he's still managing to do what he said he was going to do, and uh, it's working. Yeah, very, very well said. And, you know, I, I want you to clear up for the audience. Uh, you know, the Democrats are playing their games as usual, and, and they're trying to go with the narrative uh, to, you know, their sheep that uh, the tax cuts uh, have hurt you know, middle-class families so much, and which is completely false. I mean, the tax cuts right. have helped everybody, especially the middle class, but obviously the Democrats are running off that and the same narrative that they always run off of. It helps the rich, the middle class gets stuck, you know, and the poor suffer. I mean, it's the same old crap they've been saying for all these years. Please clear it up, though, because I read nearly 90% yeah. of the middle class got tax relief. That's true. Uh, about 90% did get tax relief. Now, they're publicizing the 10% that didn't get tax relief. And who didn't get tax relief are people uh, that live in states that have uh, very high real estate values, uh, which result in extremely high property taxes and high interest expenses on their mortgages. Uh, some people yeah. run uh, $25,000, or dollars a year or more between those two things. Now, um, the states kept uh, raising their property taxes because you write it off against your federal taxes. So in a sense, it means uh, the, the uh, national taxpayers are paying part of your uh, real estate tax bill. Well, President yeah. Trump said, look, um, we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, if New York and uh, New Jersey, where I live, and uh, California and Connecticut, if you insist on having these high property taxes um, you're, and charge your people for them, well, they're going to pay them. The taxpayers in Nebraska are not going to pick up the tab for you. Uh, so some of those people, and, and I live in New Jersey, so it ha it's happening to a number of people I know. Um, right. And, uh, you know, their taxes um, have gone up this year. Very simply, um, if you have a problem with high property taxes, don't take it out on the federal government. Take it out on your local 
uh, government officials who are the ones that are raising the taxes. The rest of uh, the rest of us got got uh, uh, good tax relief, and I want to emphasize the upper class did get good tax relief, which is very important because it, it creates new capital. We have a capital-intensive economy. We need to create capital. When uh, Obama raised, kept taxes the same, or well, raised somewhat on the middle class, but the upper class, uh, he raised their taxes by 10%. Again, that would destroy capital, slow economic yeah. growth. Trump right. reversed that. We're creating capital. At corporations, he lowered the corporate tax rate. They say it's a, a giveaway to the wealthy. What it is is yeah. creating more investment capital in a exactly. capital-intensive economy. That's just what we need. He's doing the right thing. And, and you're absolutely right because the reality is you have the left always complaining, always whining, and going with the narrative that you know these tax cuts you know only help the rich. Okay, let you know it isn't true, but let's just say for hypothetical reasons that's true. What the left is spewing, the corporations that they're giving tax relief to. Who do you think hires 90% of the population? It's big companies and corporations. And when they have leverage, when they have relief and less restrictions, that allows them to pour more money back in the economy and hire more people. And I wish more people understood that. But unfortunately, too many people are bitter at the rich. Yeah. You know, and uh, look at how low the unemployment rate is. Corporations are hiring people. Um, you know, as we've said the last couple of shows, there are more uh, job openings right now than there are unemployed people. Uh, so if you if somebody wants to work, you can pretty much uh, get a, a, a job today. You know, um, p- part of the Democrats, maybe a big part of the Democrats problem, they're, they're always worried about somebody else getting a little more than than they, they're getting. Uh, and that's yeah. what they seem to play on. Reminds me when, you know, my, my kids were small, and when they came in off off the beach in the summer and wanted something to drink, I'd uh, yeah. set three glasses in front of them, pour chocolate milk in each one. Instead of looking in their glass and seeing how much they had first, the first thing they did is look at their siblings and then look at theirs. As long as the siblings didn't have any more than they did, they were happy. But if somebody got a little more than they did, they started screaming. I used to say, what does it matter what somebody else has? Take a look at your glass. If you have enough chocolate milk, stop worrying about what anybody else has. And that's the Democrats' problem. They're always worried about somebody else having more chocolate milk than they have. (laughs) Yeah. It's like worry worry about yourself. Uh, Dr. (laughs) Dr. Branch, go ahead. No, I I always like when your economist comes on. I agree with them. Um, You know, when you look at these – you know, well, when you look at these large uh, and who's who's benefiting from these tax breaks, and you look at you know some of these very high tax states. See, the high tax states, they figured out a long time ago how to get a good government subsidy, is to charge everybody <laughs> state uh, state property tax because you get to write that off against federal tax. So therefore, the people paying the federal taxes are, in fact, paying for their property taxes or the infrastructures to uh, these states. What Trump did was got rid of them. So now, if you want to raise your your property taxes and you know that you're not going to be writing off, and you know, and, and 
you know, it's not all at once, but gradually you're not going to be able to write this off. So if you're not going to be able to write it off, these states like New York have to figure out how to get the taxes. And I think that's the reason why you've seen uh, de Blasio and Como freak out when AOC, you know, <laughs> turned away Google at a hundred, you know, twenty-five thousand jobs at an average of one hundred fifty thousand. They freaked out. It was, you know, it was amazing to me. And uh, your economist, you know, hit it right on the head. The people that are just, complaining just about you, Trump Dr. right Brandon, now live in those states. Amazon, not Google. I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. It's Amazon, and but but it, it just you know how do you how do you look at your people from Queens and say sorry, we don't want Amazon moving in here with twenty five thousand new jobs at one hundred and twenty five one hundred fifty thousand. It's incredible to me. But and I was reading a, I was reading a report today, um, you know, with you know ALC Cortez. She lives in one of the most exclusive buildings in Washington, D.C., and they don't even let poor people in there. It's only people that are, uh, you know, well-to-do, and it just it's so hypocritical. It totally contradicts what she says she stands for, and I, I just hate these hypocrites. you got Bernie that has three beach houses, and, you know, it just goes to show this. Oh, no, three houses. He has one beach house, but he has three houses, and he's got all these different cars, an Audi R8, uh, <laughs> You know, it's all about do you know do as I say, but not as I do. You know, he doesn't practice what he preaches. Um, Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, you know, me as of anyone, man, I'm pissed off because I'm a New Yorker. You know, and <laughs> just to see what just to see what that would have happened is just astounding to me. And why do you think the middle class population of New York City is being depleted? And where are they going? They're going to Florida yeah. where there's zero income yeah. tax. They're going to Texas where zero in- Arizona. Yeah, Arizona, one percent. That's right. Yeah, and these New Yorkers are leaving, and then that's why, like uh, your guest said, that's why you know De Blasio and them are freaking out because they know. Listen, AOC, you've gone overboard now. Like you just lost all these jobs, one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, twenty-five thousand jobs. And the yearly salary was $150,000. And AOC literally said in the video that it was slave labor. I'm like, listen, this is well over $75,000. $75,000 means you're basically middle class in America. $150,000 is a good thing. And guess what? Get this. Most people that supported it in New York, 70% 70% of them were black and 81% of them were Latino and 56% of them were white. I mean, this was going to be a great, I'm telling you, I've been to Long Island city and around that area until you get around the, I would say the Long Island part, you have the Queens, Long Island city is basically Queens and Long Island together. And the Queens part is very, you know, lower middle class, you know, lower class, you know, blacks and Hispanics. And imagine if those people to go and get a job. Imagine the middle class boom in that area. Imagine how much crime will fall. There'll be no reason to go and uh, 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 murder people. There'll be no reason to go and steal because you have a job and you got a good, well-paying job and you're on your way to the middle class, baby. And that is my yeah. problem with the whole New York City thing. I mean, and 
you know, I, I really think New York better wake up. I don't know why we keep on voting for Democrat <laughs> over and over again. You need to I get mean, the Blasio out of there and Cuomo. Get him out of there. Yeah, get him out of there. I mean, look at Rudy Giuliani, man. When he came America's in America's mayor the best. Yeah, you can call him racist all you want to. New York City before Rudy Giuliani, if anybody is old enough to remember New York from the movies that you used to see, which was crazy crime, graffiti everywhere, the most dangerous city ever to be in, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, crime is going down. Jobs are being added. And it all, all of a sudden New York City is becoming a nice place to be for once in a while. And it's just like what's going on it is the Republican ideals that built New York City to what it is today. Times Square, if you go there, Times Square now, that is not the Times Square of the 80s and the 70s. I'm sorry. Right. If you look at Times Square during Republican rule, you would see that everything, now you can just walk there. You can call a corporations about all you want to. But you can walk there now and not be worried about being mugged. You don't have to worry about seeing prostitutes all over the streets walking around. You know, and now I'm telling you, New York City is getting worse. I want to know if you've seen the news, uh, the recent news about the guy on the subway, where MS-13, he was illegally, illegally in the United States, and he shot another MS-13 member, rival member, who was also illegal. And I was just like, that shows you that that whole attitude, that whole socialism attitude that's coming in New York City now is making New York City worse. So I think we need to start focusing on capitalism and corporatism. I mean, it's very bad in New York City, man. And, and right. I, I, you know, I'm thinking of leaving very pretty soon, man. I mean, because I just can't take it anymore, the socialism. I can't take the high taxes anymore. And it's just getting ridiculous. The let, thing let's, I, let's, go to, let's go to Josh and then Pamela. Yeah, can you, can you hear me, Rory? Yeah, good. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, listen, here's the deal with, you know, and you brought up the 90% uh, of employed people are employed by corporations. And, you know, with these, with these tax cuts, uh, you know, Dr. Busser, you're also talking about uh, the chocolate milk. Here's the deal with, with the Democrats that dislike these tax cuts for the, the quote-unquote rich or the corporations or, you know, the, the big business owners. Here's the deal. They do not have a problem with jobs being made that happens as a result of corporations being cut. Democrats don't have a problem with jobs being made. Here's what they have a problem with. They have a problem with the idea that these rich people will be making more money. Now, here's what happens. Here's the, 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 the sticker, though, with them wanting to be – they're okay with creating jobs. They're okay with creating jobs as long as – the rich don't get any richer as a result of Craney's jobs. That's why the, you know Democrats are pushing for a $15 minimum wage. That's going to put a pressure on these corporations. It's going to make them make less money. They want the corporations to make less money. So what happens is if you cut their taxes, more jobs are made. Yes, that's a good thing. Oh, but you know what happens? They hire more people which means they're going to make more money from those people that they hired. So the corporations end up making more money. They regard that as a problem. Me, as a capitalist and a Republican, I don't regard that as a problem at all. 
being right. just from this point, guess you know who gives more money to charities than any other any other type of people are people who own corporations because you know what they got the money to yep. give it. <laughs> well, they want you know, the union in charge. And let's not forget, uh, Doctor Branch. I want you to speak, but let, let's not forget let's that not forget. countries that are successful and wealthy and have done well for themselves all are brought on capitalism. You know that I mean, just look at look at the results. And every time someone goes socialism or you know tries to you know go against capitalism, all their all that happens is their country fails. Well, they just want to make sure that they're union jobs as well. I mean, AOC. Yeah. If 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 Amazon right. was offering and, and, and union Dr. jobs, Dr. Branch, let's, let's not been forget, Doctor Branch, that the Democrats. I, you know, their mindset purposely is like, let's keep people in poverty. Let's keep people struggling. Otherwise, we don't have an agenda to run off of. We don't have uh, something to create a problem with. You know what I mean? Exactly. Go ahead. You were speaking. Well, you know, and uh, yeah, go ahead. You know, Rory, I was I was going to say something too when uh, you were talking about. Uh, they they want. Uh, Josh was talking about uh, they uh, want corporations to hire more workers. Um, yeah. They just don't want corporations to get more more profit because they're getting a bigger a bigger piece of the pie. Um, and that's that, that's right. I think that's what Democrats have in mind. But uh, look, a, a simple business principle: um, you, a, a a owner of a business will hire a worker uh, as long as uh, he's earning something from the worker. So, so um, whatever you're paying the worker, he's got to produce more than that uh, so that the uh, business person makes a profit from hiring the worker. Otherwise there's no reason to hire the worker. Uh, So uh, trying to figure out what shares people should get, you know, they, they, they think there's only a fixed amount of income. So if the wealthy are getting a lot, it leaves just a little for everybody else. Well, the reality is there's not a fixed amount. The wealthy figured out how to earn a lot of a, a lot of income. Everybody else needs to figure out how to earn their own income too. You don't reduce right. income inequality by taking uh, income away from people that earned it and giving it to people who exactly. didn't earn it. You, you exactly. reduce income inequality by giving everybody opportunity to earn. It, it's it's theft. I mean, it, it's theft in every in every single way. Uh, there's no, there's no other way to put it. And uh, I mean, the fact that there aren't more regulations on, you know, how the Democrats uh, conduct business and form their curriculum uh, for their voters, uh, it it just disgusts me, the whole thing. Um, I want to get Pamela's thoughts. Go ahead, Pamela. Um, What concerns me is back to the the migration of the New Yorkers, and we also have Californians uh, going to other states. Um, my fear is they are fleeing because they don't like the taxes and, and a lot of the other policies and regulations. But my right. fear is they're going to these other states and still voting the same way. The honest yeah. truth yep. is we, we are True. one red state away from losing the Electoral College for good. Florida or Texas, Arizona, we lose one of them and it's over. So – yeah, I don't know how true. we make sure that if they're fleeing to convince them, hey, if you're going to these other states because you don't like the taxes, don't vote the same doom coughs in in your new state. 
that that's definitely a concern of mine as as we see these migrations and people fleeing from t- um, New York because of Ocasio-Cortez. But are they taking yeah. those same policies with them? Right. You know, so you're, you're Pamela, the, yeah, I was just going to say many of them are. Uh, I know people that were in Silicon Valley uh, and uh, worked in startup companies and some in private equity firms, um, and they were doing very well. Um, and as a result of that, uh, California's 13% income tax uh, drove them to, to leave. Uh, the, many I know ended up in Austin, Texas, uh, and I went to visit them, and uh, Austin is uh, uh, much more liberal than you'd expect the Texas town to be. Uh, so I have a feeling that, yeah, they're going there, and they're keeping some of those old views with them. And, yep. with, you know, they're going to have a different result? I'm sorry? They, you can't fix do they you can't think fix have a different result? I, I'm not oh, sure what they think. Um, uh, but, um, I, and I, I share your concern too with, uh, you know, Texas, uh, um, Beto O'Rourke barely lost in Texas and Florida was a nail biter all the way to the end there. So if anything switches and they become, uh, blue states, um, you know, then, uh, I, I think but, but there's here, some, here, some big the problems there. That. We, 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 we do have to finish up on this topic, but I do want to say something about what you just said, Dr. Bussler with, Beto almost winning in Texas. I think there was a lot of voter fraud. I, I don't think he was that close, as close as some people said. I think it was double digits in reality, if you want to count like the real votes. But I think he had so much help from illegals. Same with Christian Cinema. I don't know how a bisexual atheist uh, won the Senate seat in Arizona. It, you know, it, it's beside me. Uh, but the only thing I can think of, this state's always been red. So Christian Cinema you know, had illegals vote. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, this happens every election cycle, and the Democrats have always uh, had ways of cheating, which, I mean, should make anybody livid. And, you know, when they try to laugh it off and say, uh, there's no voter fraud, I mean, they're, they're so full of crap. They, you know, they, they are very uh, secretive about this, I'll tell you. Uh, but I want to play, uh, before we finish up today, the last segment I want to go into, uh, Trump was in Miami yesterday. Day or was it, was it the day before? I think it was yesterday. But he was talking about, uh, you know, uh, taking care of the people of Venezuela, uh, and if they keep up the harsh treatment down there, uh, you know, we can we'll have to take uh, certain uh, actions on their government. And uh, you know, he, he made it clear as well that we'll never be a socialist nation. Uh, one four. The eyes of the entire world are upon you. Today, every day, and every day in the future. You cannot hide from the choice that now confronts you. You can choose to accept President Guaido's generous offer of amnesty to live your life in peace with your families and your countrymen. President Guaido does not seek retribution against you, and neither do we. But you must not follow must not threaten any form of violence against peaceful protesters. Opposition leaders, members of the National Association for President Guaido and his family. We seek a peaceful transition of power, but all options are open. 
Make it uh, make it about Corey, thirty seconds. Make it about thirty seconds. Okay. We are running a little okay. Bit out of time. Okay. You know I'm all about facts, and the the truth is that the media was telling the truth about Venezuela and socialism and everything that's happening. Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders would be run out of town on a rail, and it really is depressing to see that our country is going down this path because we're not being told the truth. Yeah, very, very well said. Dr. Bussler, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's very encouraging to hear the words that uh, Donald Trump uses. You know, he stood there a couple of times and said, uh, America will never become socialist. Uh, it really made you feel good that the president of the United States, in spite of what the other party keeps saying, uh, was very emphatic about it. And uh, the support of Venezuela, uh, who is clearly a very failed socialistic state, uh, the support of that, um, I think, is very encouraging, too. Um, I, too, am a little nervous about a military involvement um, and I hope it never gets to, to that point, and I have a feeling it, it, it won't. Um, right. the, the military, I can't see them staying loyal to Maduro when everything is, uh, is so bad. But it's very encouraging right. to see uh, the President of the United States stand up for freedom, um, and that's what our yeah, country is really all about. Very, very well said. Um, I do want to uh, make a quick couple announcements before I let everybody go, but uh, something really crazy came out in the news today. Uh, the GOP, the Rhinos slash Dems, uh, they spent 40 times uh, as much on foreign countries' border walls. They were, they're getting people overseas, borders funded, but they won't even give our own country a border. And we all know why this is, because they don't want to give Donald Trump his biggest accomplishment and his biggest promise to his supporters. It's, it's, I mean, this is just politics 101. Uh, you know, it, it's disgraceful, though, that, that we're dealing uh, with this sort of situation. And I, and I just want to say, and everybody agrees, I'm sure, um, and we're going to have to talk about this uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's episode, but uh, the wall's going to get built. It's just a matter of how long it takes. Uh, but I still strongly believe, and I'll say on tomorrow's show many specific reasons why, uh, that you know this wall is going to uh, – I mean, Trump's on offense. It, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It's, it's a matter of you know, what ha- you know, the, how the courts react. Um, but uh, we'll get it. I mean, uh, you know, he has all this uh, emergency money, and I think he's going to put it to use and utilize it properly. You know, he hasn't let us down so far, so I, I'm sticking with him, and I'm uh, – I'm confident. Uh, Dr. Bustler, before you go, um, yeah. your thoughts on that, 20 seconds, and then tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, well, like I say, um, we're all behind Trump. Uh, we're glad he's doing what he's doing. Uh, he's making everybody feel good about being an American again instead of apologizing. Uh, Real quick. Oh, with regard to the wall, uh, the wall is actually already being built. Uh, so he got the $1.4 billion uh, from Congress, which they approved. Uh, he was able to yep. grab $600 million or so from something else. So he's got enough to keep him going, even if this court challenge uh, turns right. out to be successful because they go to uh, a very favorable court. But he will get that wall built. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Tell everybody where they can right. find you, sir. Uh, on Twitter, it's at M. Bussler, M-B-U-S-L-E-R. I have a Facebook page called Funding Democracy. 
So just uh, search uh, Facebook Funding Democracy or Facebook.com slash Funding Democracy. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Bustler, and God bless you. We'll be back on again soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Take care. Take care. Dr. Branch, tell everybody where they can find you. You can go out on Twitter. It's Bob Branch, B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. Look me up on Twitter. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I enjoyed your panel. We'll have you back on again uh, this week, Dr. Uh, Dr. Branch. Thank you. Um, Pamela, thank you. tell everybody where they can find you. F-A-C-T-S. Um, I have yep. my blog there. Plus, I also have a lot of resource uh, pages you can look at. You can also find me right. on Twitter at E-J-A-1791. Excellent. Thank you, Pamela. We'll have you back on again this week. Thanks. Enjoyed uh, it. Gianni, go ahead, where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Gianni Rodriguez with a Z, uh, dash Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S, or you can find me on Instagram at underscore La Vida Gianni. Thank you. Excellent. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, hit up my Instagram at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Appreciate it, Roy. All right, man. God bless you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show tonight. It's been an amazing show. I want to thank all my special guests, all my sponsors, all my co-hosts, and my amazing audience. Remember, we are now listened to in 22 different countries, and we are on online over 50 different platforms. So you can find us there. Uh, please remember to visit uh, the Donald J. Trump store.com for all your Trump merchandise. And uh, please visit our new site, brand new, the next nexgenusa.com for all the latest interviews and past shows. Everybody, we will see you tomorrow night. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Rory Sodder. God bless. Cheers.